Go for it. Yep. Welcome to CF Exchange Zone. I'm distance track coach Nick Groover here with head coach Jason Joseph Motel. All right, so it's we're recording before eleven o'clock today. I think I'm in a little better mental frame of mind. Well, it's one o'clock, dude. Yeah, eleven p.m. Oh, we ten, oh, I it was ten fifty-seven last know, I time. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it occurred to me last time that we didn't do any sort of intro to the podcast it was like it was just like another episode mm. and we have quite a few people that i would imagine that was their first podcast mm, yeah. that they've heard because this yep. is their yeah so do you want to talk a little bit about the podcast in general and what our goal of the podcast is well when you started the podcast i thought it was a stupid idea um I much not, like many of the ideas yeah, i had yeah, i was not on board at all uh, mostly because i didn't want to like have to sit here for half an hour with you but other than that we uh I was shocked at the response of it. Like people really got on board, and I think the reason why is because track is such a confusing sport for a lot of people. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not basketball, it's not soccer, it's not football that you can just kind of pick up, and you only have what's going on in front of you. There's a million different things going on at a track meet. So, in order to explain that to not just the parents but also the kids that are listening to, to have a better feel of what's going on at a track meet, I think that's the purpose. And to you know talk about the training and to preview all the meets that are happening and just discuss the you know, accomplishments of the team. Again, I thought it was not really worthwhile, but the feedback's been unbelievably positive. We got a lot of uh, loyal listeners that you created with this, so I think that's why, am I wrong, that that's why you created it and that's why you wanted to do it, right? Do you think this is evidence that you just take the default stance that my ideas are bad? No, not at all. I didn't think it was a good idea. If anyone said it, I wouldn't have thought it was a good yeah. idea. Yeah, okay. it, wasn't, it, wasn't, right. it wasn't just you. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that sums it up pretty well. We wanted to give people a chance to have an inside look I think we've used the phrase, peel back the layers. So what we're doing training-wise, what the thought process is, because again, as I've said previously in past episodes, that if I were like a parent on the team, I would be thinking, what is going on? This is just does not make any sense right. about what they're doing at certain meets, what they're not doing at certain meets and all that. So we want to just give people an insight into what's going on with the team. And we also want to be able to recognize the kids. Yeah. Local sports coverage is not what it used to be. So it's nice to be able to talk about accomplishments, whether they're practice accomplishments or meet accomplishments mm -hmm. on the podcast. So that's yeah. pretty much the idea of what we're going for. Yep. With that said, today is Wednesday. Nope, it's not Wednesday. Today is Tuesday. what day of the week it is. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Today is Tuesday over spring break. We had the Rotary Relays Friday night, which we were hosting. Do you want to talk a little bit about the history of the yeah. Rotary meet? Yeah, yeah. You fine. know, we can briefly talk about where it was previously and then yep. you really re i don't know re rebirth the rebirth is, is kind that of gross the, yeah revitalize what revitalize uh, re re yeah, rebirth here. i guess I don't know. All right. so rotary realized when i started taking over for uh track and field and when groove was in high school was hosted by main Enwell on a friday night and it was a girls only meet and it was hosted by their uh, local branch of of rotary not a really meet. not really meet it was yep. a regular meet and then the boys had parkers the next day on saturday and that was really interesting and kind of a cool concept to go to the, the whole team would go to the girls uh, meet and watch and then the whole girls team would go to the boys meet and watch. And Parkhurst back then was an absolutely enormous meet. Can I jump then. in? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool being on a team going to a meet that you weren't participating in. It was just – it was really nice as an athlete because we went for – I went six years, mm -hmm. probably seven years when my dad was coaching. And it was the only time that you're going to a meet that you're not worried about your own events as well. It's nice. You always want to watch the girls or the people in the other events compete, but you're always – 
at the same time, in the back of your mind, you have uh, you have your own stuff going on. But it was I that was one of the most enjoyable things I remember from high school in track, just being able to go and watch me. So that was their idea. I got a question a I shouldn't ask right now because it'll confuse people. Yeah. But was the the Parkhurst? Always was that just a boys meet? Or yes, was it, it was Friday night. So they changed that and made it and boys and, and girls. It was Parker's was boys just boys, only. but Parker's was like, was known, nice, like, like all throughout the state. People would go to Parker's. one of the biggest meets yeah. in the Northeast. Yeah, 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 huge yeah. meet. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, sorry. So they stopped doing it. I believe in two thousand and nine. For whatever reason, Manimal stopped posting uh, the rotary relays, and we came up rotary meet. Rotary, sorry, rotary, rotary meet yeah. and rotary invite. Rotary um, was approached. I approached the Newmansburg Rotary because I'm doing the Interact Club at Forks. And we thought it was a good idea to see if they would be involved in hosting another meet. And then we came up with the concept of the relay meet, and they were unbelievable in, in helping us, uh, you know, provide us with a t-shirt, provide us with awards. And going that route really helped a substantial amount to get this rolling, and I think it's going to be enormous. I think it's going to take off. And uh, one more thing, they gave us the, uh, the DMR was named after the founder of the Nimmonsburg Rotary, uh, Dr. Robert W. Smith. And they came down, if you didn't see it, the Rotarians came down and actually presented the bags that we got uh, for the DMR, which is a specialized uh, event. Uh, what is it called? The, what, do what? We call, what do we call it? The DMR was the... The Robert Smith DMR? Yeah, but what was it? What was the, the featured event? It was oh, the, the featured, featured event. event. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, it was, it was, we've had the idea for hosting an invitational here for a long time and we never really able to, we had some ideas and we wanted to do something that was different. And we never really pinned down exactly what we want to do. But between us having the partnership with Rotary and coming up with the Relays idea, it kind of went yeah, together yeah. really nice. And I agree with you. I think we, we had eight schools there, but it's always hard getting me off the ground. I think three years from now, we'll have as many schools as we can possibly the handle. The t-shirts were huge. Yeah, I think the kids love yeah. the t-shirts. Love the t-shirts. Pros, t-shirts were good. Yep, yep. Cons, uh, concession cons. stand. Concession stand, uh, not the best. Concession stand selection was not was not the best, so we will work on... We have some things in the works Definitely. for next year, though. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Make it a lot better. All right. We'll go... We'll move on to the actual meet itself. Where do you, where do you, want, to, where do you want to start there? Um, I don't know. Let's, uh... Want to start with the boys? Yeah, let's, let's start it with the enthusiasm. Yeah. Let's start with enthusiasm. I cannot stress how much fun that was to watch kids enjoy a track meet like that. It, it was awesome. I mean, the, the amount of people that were there cheering and the amount of kids that were on, you know, the, the, the football field cheering as the thrower's relay particularly finished, it was just so much fun. I, I just, I, it, was, it was good to feel that way about track again coming off COVID. It really was. If you asked anybody from that's roughly my age that was on the team what your favorite things from track were, I promise you they'd say the following three things. One, in no order. One, the Parker's Rotary situation for what we just talked about. It was really right. cool to go to a meet. You know, we just talked about that. Two, Golden Bear Relays, because yep. it was really me. It's boy cool. girl, yeah, really cool. me. State do does anymore. not allow okay. you to have boys and girls competing in the same event anymore, but that was a cool really meet. And the third thing was Ithaca Relays, because it was a relay meet. Yep. So relay meets are fun. Oh. Really, anything outside the box is fun, mm -hmm. which is why we want to do something outside of the box, and we're always looking to do things outside the box. But that was the main reason we want to do a relay meet. And I really think the feed, the initial feedback we got from the other schools and the officials as well, oh my gosh, where man. it seemed like it was a really enjoyable event for the athletes, which is exactly what we were going for, especially early in the season. And the, the interesting thing to me too is how many new faces we have on our track team, the young kids, and I don't think they're gonna realize until later on in the year how awesome our meet was in terms of outside of the box. Because they only had... you saying it's just downhill from here? No, no, I'm saying they've only experienced Norwich's mm -hmm. dual meet. They have no right. idea what a relay meet actually is. So I think that when they see how much 
they, they see the difference between our relay meet and then what a normal invite is. I mean, some of them sure. went to Windsor, but right. But next year it's going to even be bigger and bigger, and I think they're going to even have more. Definitely, fun. definitely. Yeah. So, anyway, so boys, the boys. Uh, I think we'll start with the throws. Absolutely. For me, highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Go Na- ahead. Yeah, Naheem uh, actually won. I think the discus overall. And, I believe he did. And Cam finished high enough so that if you add their scores together, that they actually earn first place. And the what we did with the relay meet is kind of confusing, but we combined the shot and dis- distances. Together. Yeah, this is confusing. I would don't even say it. No, no, say it. Okay, but so I would we be combined brief the shot and dis- distances together. We combined the long jump and triple jump distances together, and we combined the pole vault and high jump heights together. And the team that had the highest or furthest distance was the team that won. So, for example, and we'll move on to this, but if Catherine White pole vaulted seven feet mm-hmm. and Mari high jumped four feet, that would be 11 feet, right. just as an example right. of how that scoring would work. And so that's what happened with the boys, shot and disc, and uh, Naheem and Cameron were able to take the victory, and they were earned yeah. T-shirts, and it was, uh, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. Anytime you can win overall in any invite is amazing, and that was, that was the boys had that victory. Um, really close in the throwers four by one as well. Looked great. That was that was a lot of fun. Anybody who stuck around for that event, electric atmosphere. Absolutely. Was very happy with how very happy with how they did. Very happy with how that event went overall. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Um, I can ahead. I jump? Yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I would say first of all, I, I would say a couple of things. I'm going to start with a negative thing. I felt that I felt that we were as a team. For a lot, in a lot of ways, unprepared for this meet, and I started to think about why, and then I started to think, well, I'm the relays coach, so if we are unprepared. <laughs> if we're That's unprepared for a relay meet, uh, I have to shoulder at least a little bit of blame of the blame for that. But I would say, really, three things that went into that that I think if we could do differently, we would. And next year, we will. Um, one, anytime you're hosting a meet, you're not going to be, you're just by the nature of it, not going to be as prepared yep. as a team with the athletes as yep. you uh, would be if you weren't. Mm-hmm. That would be first and foremost. Second of all, my approach to the meet, and I think I would like to redo this, was it's again, it's a meet earlier in the year. We don't need to work on super detail oriented things right this second because that'll come with time. But then after seeing like some of the, Four by four handoffs and stuff. I was like, geez, yeah, actually, maybe we should have spent some time on that. And the third thing, and you and I both agreed on this, and if we could redo this, I'd absolutely redo this. We talked about how we didn't want to come up with this lineup until we saw a dual meet so we could actually see things. It's hard to put together a four by one team until you see people run the open 100. It's hard to, all, and you can say it with all the events. Yep. But in retrospect, with how quick that turnaround time was, I think we probably should have just made a lineup a week ahead of time yep. so we'd had time to do that. Yep. So that was something that I think our athletes were unprepared, and that's 0% on them, and, a, and I would say 80% on us and 20% on the situation. And it's actually caused us – I mean, I'll, I'll even I'll, – we'll talk about this on air. Um, the After seeing the excitement with our relay meet, we're – thinking about possibly seeing if we can go to Ithaca Relays and somehow work that into our mm-hmm. schedule. Because so I think that that would be enjoyable and we get a chance to do some of those events again. That Anytime you can do go. it the second time, it's going to yeah, be better. Yeah, for again. sure, for sure. So I will start with that negative that I thought we were unprepared, but again, that's on us, not the athletes. Kind of just working our way up from the sprints on up. I And Coach Sheehan and I talk about this all the time early in the season, better to look fast than be fast early in the season. I mean, both are good, obviously. But (laughs) just by watching the boys in the 4x1 
and 4x2 or the sprint medley. I don't remember the other one where we looked super, super fast. But uh, I think it was the boys, four, the boys ran the 4x2, right? Yes. I'm not crazy. Yeah. yeah. 4x1, 4x2 looked really, really fast. Again, had a little issue on the handoffs. <laughs> but again, same thing. We didn't, we didn't even pick that nope. relay team until Wednesday. And it rained, so we couldn't do handoffs. And so that's what kind of happens when that when we get in that situation. But looked really, really fast. And right now, I would take looking fast over anything with the sprinters. And I thought boys looked fast. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, that can be a really... We'll put it this way. We have had boys 4 by one teams that early in the season, we don't really think anything crazy about. And we get to the class meet. And we're like almost, blown almost away. The Dylan Studer, yep. uh, and TV that was Robinson, a team we were like, Justine, let's go out there and LJ. see if we can get on the podium. And we, <laughs> we were, almost won it. Uh, we didn't even know that we didn't win it. I like, thought that yeah, was pretty close. <laughs> we was a side by side photo finish that it took and about five minutes. And that kid ran like eleven one hundred that yeah. Dylan chased down. It was so insane. anyway, moral of the story: if you look good right now, that's a really good. Yeah. And we did it's a good. really good thing going forward. We did look good. So that's that's what I would say for the boys. I'm um, skipping over, uh, jumping over to the jumps as well. Dubs finished second overall in the triple jump, and Ethan Vaslik, I believe that was the first time he's ever long jumped in his life, and he was able to get us over to the point where we finished third overall for the boys in the long jump, triple jump combined score. Ethan Vaslik is looking really good <laughs> this early part in the season. I mean, he's just a, he's, he's tall and fluid and has good hops. I mean, he's going to be a triple jumper, high jumper uh, to reckon with, and I don't know if he was going to be an amazing elite long jumper in his career sometime, but that was a pretty good starting off point. Uh, helping Dubs get up there to third overall. So I was really, I was just really happy how well that came through. Dylan Furman also jumped for the first time in his life and jumped really well in the long jump. It's just, it's, it's fun to see kids trying, trying something different and being successful at it. So I think that's, that's probably the two highlights of the boys, three highlights of the boys. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, hey, the, yeah. the, you, how about you talk about the four by mile a little bit? The boys four by mile? Yeah. yeah. So the reason had, the year, it was, yeah. Mostly sprinters running it. Yeah, we had uh, Dylan, Peyton, and Ty Near running just with Liam. Yeah, with, with yeah, yeah, right. With one with distance Liam, runner, sorry, with with Liam, Liam. Liam. And uh, they stepped up. The the sprinters and Liam stepped up, and they said they would do it. And let's be honest, ran substantially faster than what I see. Yeah, them I mean that was. It's there's some potential there to, really to, to keep to keep doing maybe a couple distance events here and there. They look good. Yeah, and that's you know anytime you're in a relay meet, you're gonna have to do something outside of the box for yourself. I, yes, good point. You have was, to step up for the team. And a lot of kids were like, and that was one thing that maybe we sort of talked to the kids about, but maybe didn't stress yep. that you're gonna be in weird things yep. because of just how the pieces of the puzzle are gonna fit in a relay meet. It's not nearly as neat as a regular invitational. Right, right. It's you're going to be a sprinter doing some distance events. You might be a distance runner. There's so many runner things doing, to fill. There's so, so many, many slots so many to, fill. to fill. And with it being a home meet, we wanted to fill every single yep. event on the track, which we were definitely the only team that did that. I yeah. think. What did the boys uh, finish overall? Uh, it's fourth, I think. Fourth. All right, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, I can pull it up here. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're fourth. Fifth. 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 All right. No, not not bad. Yeah. No, and we tried to, like you said, put a team out there for every single thing and had people doing weird things they've never done before. Yeah. And people being alternates, and you have to be ready. And again, I don't want to stress this enough, but next year I think it's going to be even more enjoyable because we're going to have that, you know, one underneath our belt and figure out what we're doing. It's going to be that much more fun. Or if we do go to Ithaca, it's going to be that much more fun. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. Moving on to the girls. Uh, overall, they finished second. Second overall. Yeah, only again, uh, only lost to Ithaca, which in a relay meet, your sheer numbers yep. make a huge difference in yep. a school that is five times five times our size easily, probably. Like that, yeah, uh, that is to be expected. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but we still went out and did very well. Um, start with let's start with high jump and pole vault. You care? Sure. No. So Catherine White and uh, Mari Corby 
uh, earned t-shirts and they won overall the high German pole vault, which is an extraordinary accomplishment. Uh, Catherine really only started pole vaulting last year yeah. at the end of the year. And yeah. Mari, obviously, being an eighth grader, has never... I don't know if it's obvious, but she's never been, uh, never done the pole vault before, or excuse me, the high jump before. Yeah. So yeah, or, the have, or the pole vault. So have those two uh, come forward and, and win was awesome, absolutely amazing. When you have schools like Ithaca, Binghamton, uh, Valley, Norwich, I mean, you have pretty big schools, and then them come through and win was awesome. And then uh, on the track, go ahead, you got your no, girls. Uh, yeah, I so a couple of really nice things on the track. The girls are now fifth all time for a mile. So nice. that was awesome. That was uh, that That's was all time since nineteen seventy three. Yep, that was Quinn, Catherine, Piper, and Delaney. So fifth all time, and they won that race. That was awesome. Got t shirts. Got t shirts. Uh, four by one. Uh, DMR got a second. You know, I do have another. I, this is turning into some of a what of a negative podcast for right. me. That's but I, but I one complaint I have right now is that things are going distance wise. I think things are going really well, and. Some of the athletes just aren't a pre, aren't are a little bit harder on their on themselves than they need to be, and I I kind of blame Piper. My mom does this with me. Like my brother, anytime my younger brother, anytime he does something wrong, it's my fault. Even yeah. if it's not my fault. Right. But I, play, then, I blame you for everything but, too. In case right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Same similar thing. And then with the track team, I do the same thing with Piper. With since kids, I, it's like <laughs> the middle schoolers do something. And I'm like Piper. They get that from you. That's fair. Even if it's true or fair. not I true, I think it's fair true. And I think it's I think it's fair as well. But we do this thing where we're training is messy. Which we'll I'll, maybe I'll touch on that briefly in a minute. But training is messy distance wise because we have to train at such a high level and we have to narrow our focus. And our focus is always run well in the middle of May and the end of May. Which means sometimes we don't necessarily have the best results in April and early May. But when we do, we need to be happy about them. And it's like we have people like Grace Harkness who won her first three events that she ever did. But then was like, well, my time in the 800 wasn't great. So, well, winning is good. You know, we need to yeah. be happy about that. And then we have Delaney who Friday night ran, it ran the DMR mile and ran the four mile ran two times that were the equivalent of sub six in the 15, comfortably sub six. Very good. But she never broke six until the right. Saturday before that. Right. Really, really good meet. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, geez, I let that girl pass me in the DMR. And it's like, let's take a minute. Let's be, I'm glad that we're setting such high expectations, but let's be a little less businesslike and have a little bit more fun with how this coming we are doing. This that's starting off the podcast with negative things about the meat, but go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I wonder where yeah. they get it from, geez, but go yeah, ahead, well, go ahead, go yeah. ahead, go ahead, keep going. Maybe it does trickle down, All but right, I, I think that we just need to be a little bit more happy about okay. how we are doing. I still blame Piper. Maybe I blame me. Maybe it should blame me though, but. I blame both of you. But really good, anyway, I guess my whole point of that was really, really good things all the way around. Like we said, uh, four by mile, Top five, DMR got a second, four by eight, one. Uh, you want to talk about the sprints a little bit? Yeah. Um, again, I just want to stress, too, that it's hard to coach when you're hosting. It just really yeah, is. We're, yeah. it, I, I saw only a very you know, smaller percentage than I wanted to see of events on the track. But I did see the four by one, uh, the handoff between uh, – who was leading off? Uh, uh, was it Lawrence and Kara? I'm sorry, which handoff? The, four, the, the one where they, they impeded our – Audra to Kara. Audra to Kara. So – uh, if you want to talk about that, because I, I, to be honest with you, I have not seen that in my entire 17-year coaching career where someone from another school... Can you explain what happened yeah, and then so, I'll talk about it? Yeah, so Binghamton uh, girls 
Gath Batan roughly the same time we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, the Binghamton. So girl, I was down at the other exchange zone. I so, was and this, the, is, this is in the yeah. exchange zone where the 200 starts. Number two exchange yep. zone. And so the Binghamton girl got it right, basically neck and neck with us. And unfortunately, she went into Kara Condon's lane, like literally mm-hmm. collapsed into Kara mm-hmm. Condon's lane. So Kara Condon had to jump over her and kind of obviously stumbled a yeah. little bit. And yeah. then Kara Condon didn't know what to do because that's a very tricky situation. She stared at me and with her hands up, I'm like, run, run, run. And so I did not know what the call would be. I've never seen it that bad of an of, of someone getting in someone's yeah. lane. And so anyway, the Binghamton was disqualified, and we finished. I, Honestly, I don't know where we third. Finished. I think, but I mean, we, we were we, we would have been right in there in the runnings um, if we had able to fourth. I have yeah, a stout so, for fourth. So I did, I didn't know. I, I mean, I knew well, that they would be disqualified. Go ahead. Yeah, no, they would be disqualified if there were a and there's really that's about all you can do. Right I now, mean. if it's a situation where it is a trials. A trial situation, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, they could give us a pass into the finals. This right. was a final, though. Right. So. And actually, it's funny enough. I'll tell a quick story. We're we were in the four by one finals one year at Ithaca Relays, my senior year. I was not. A, I was, did not run the four by one, but we were like the eighth seed out of eight teams. Oh, so we were, in, we were in lane eight, and it was very late in the meet. This is back when a million schools went to the relay, so it's like midnight. Literally like 35 yeah. schools, literally. So we're, and, and so to make the final was a huge deal. Yes, Our absolutely. guys were really pumped up, but at the same time, they were like, oh, man, we're going to go out and get smoked here, but whatever. So I'm watching the 4x1, and we're out in lane 8, and they're coming around the last turn. So the anchor leg is about to get the baton, and the person who is in fourth just like, I don't even know how to explain it. He just couldn't hold his turn. So he went out into lane five, hit the kid in lane five, mm. who hit the kid in lane six, oh, wow. put lane oh, wow, seven. Wow, 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 you know how it, Ithaca, the bleachers are right outside right the lane? There, yep. So these teams go like flying into the bleachers. Wow. But we're so far behind that we miss. It's like it was a, <laughs> think of like a NASCAR crash. <laughs> right. so we were behind and we missed the crash. So Mike Haig comes running down and we got fourth or fifth because those four teams were That's not out bad. there. So it was very That's similar. Same, very similar, yeah. But I wouldn't know. Three or those three of those teams, there was they didn't do anything wrong, do anything but they wrong, got they hit and that so sucks. I mean, unfortunately that is part of the nature of the event there. But, but that but does give me hope for the next time we run the four by uh, same thing. I mean, what, be, everything we just said about the guy sprinters, same thing applies to the girls sprinters. They look fast. And the girls 4x2 really team fast. had the 10th fastest time all yeah. time in history. The girls 4x2, 10th fastest ever in history. Definitely. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. Very good day. One Very keep, good day. I can't wait to keep this going. Yeah, and I, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit to the DMR. I want to talk about the distance medley a little bit in general. I think last time on the podcast I said, yeah, we are, we're going to have a decent shot at breaking that slow record at some point during the year if we get to run it again. One thing I felt I made the mistake that my coach, Mr. Bond, always made as well, where you add up the times of what you think you can run in the DMR, and then you pick that for a total time. You say, hey, we can run this. But the distance medley is so difficult for a few reasons that it doesn't work out that way. And when Mr. Bond was the coach, every year that was a huge emphasis that, because it's kind of a representation of your distance team yeah. to go up to, in, the relay meet back then was with the relays to put whatever your best DMR team on the track was and go out and do it. And back when I was on the team, the girls were really, really good. I got a chance to run with a ton of hall of famers and he always, their goal was they always felt like they were going to break that school record by 10 or 15 seconds. And they always missed it by <laughs> five or 10, just right. because it's so hard to do for the number one reason it's hard to do that is the race leads off. Well, first of all, you need four people to have a really good day. 
Well, and first of all, what is a DMR? So DMR is first person runs twelve hundred, which is three laps. Hands off to someone who runs four hundred. Hands off to someone who runs eight hundred. Hands off to someone who runs a mile. Couple reasons it's really hard to run a mile in a relay is really really difficult. The number one reason it's hard though is running a twelve hundred is incredibly hard. I, I ran the 1200 leg of DMR four years in a row, ran four terrible 1200 legs. I never it's figured so it out. Hard. It's so hard to figure that out. It's, it's just so because hard. it's an ear con in between distance. And Mr. Bond used to always say the only thing you can't do in the 1200 leg was run a slow middle lap. And my first two years, I ran really fast first lap, slow middle lap, really fast last lap. And then my junior year, I went, ran it, and I went over to Mr. Bond after the race. And I said, hey, how, how'd I do? And he said, well, I ate two hot dogs during your second lap, so how do you think you did? <laughs> and I said, all right, well, not the best. So that's a really, really hard event to run for a lot of reasons. So when I went back through over the weekend and I did the math on if we had good days about a month from now, not great days, but good days, what would we run? And I have us about eight seconds ahead of that school record. But again, for all the reasons you said, that is certainly not a gimme, but that would be a... That would be a really, really impressive school record. And we say all the time, not all school records are created equal. That is a really, really good school record, girls' distance medley. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at who everybody, pretty much everybody who is on the top 10 list in that distance medley, girls' distance medley list is a Hall of Famer. I mean, almost everybody. I would say 90 to 95% of the people on that top 10 list are in the Hall of Fame. So... To even have a chance, maybe if we go to Ithaca Relays, when we go to a Logs Games or something, I don't know. We'll have to see how the schedule works out. But even to have a chance to break that school record, that will be a really, really, that's a really impressive feat. And fortunately for our girls team, they have somebody that is probably a little more disciplined than I was with Quinn Sergani, who's probably going to run the 1200 leg whenever we run that again. So I have more confidence in her than I would me as an athlete. Won't so I think we have a good chance two there. Two hot dogs in her second lap. That's yeah, I probably won't be able to. No. no. <laughs> So that's a little bit about the distance medley. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, and that's going to be uh, – obviously, that's going to be a highlight of the season if we can – when we ever do get a chance to run it again. Which Definitely. We will, which we, will, we will. Definitely. All right, well, going forward, before we preview the next meet, do you want to preview or do you want to recap anything in general? Now, we, we, all we've done so far is talk about the meets. You want to talk about – I know we did this a little bit last week, but do you want to say anything about practice or just in general thoughts – um, I have one. You want to think yeah, about go, it? Go, yeah, go, so go. I, we're entering the se- part of the season where the, I really like because I think we get to do, at least distance-wise, but I would say that you'd probably agree with this as well. We get to do more teaching because it's really hard to go through a lot of stuff until they've seen it. So from a distance standpoint, we always get a few meets in, and then we can start breaking things down. And we have a unique dynamic this year that I'm excited about, and you and I haven't talked about this, so I'll be curious to get your live reaction Uh right now as I say this, but we've coached together for, I don't know, 13, 14 years, something like that. We've had all sorts of teams. We've never had, I will say, we've never just been bad, right? We've had some really good teams. We've had some rebuilding teams, but honestly, but no, rebuilding, what I was going to say though is rebuilding are some of my favorite teams because you're not, you're starting from scratch from a teaching standpoint and you get to really just kind of go for it and build up the content knowledge and all those things. But here's what's unique about this team is we kind of have both. We have top end elite talent, loads of top end elite talent, but then we have loads of 
just first really right. first-year people. And that's really exciting. And it's going to be – it's kind of like a hard – it's a little bit of a hard line to walk because those years that we're rebuilding, I start from scratch and I love doing that. It's – I'll have a practice and we already had this practice for the distance kids where I draw the track on the board right. and I say <laughs> right. the track is 400 meters long. Every race finishes at the same spot. At the same spot. And we just break it down that easily. And then when you have teams that are more experienced, sometimes we skip that. But it's nice. We're kind of all over the place here. So some of those conversations we've been having. But now when we start breaking down some race strategy and race tactics, distance-wise, we've been talking about some very basic things. But now that we are racing more, we can talk about some more advanced things, which I really like. So I'm excited for the part of the season that we are entering. And that I, always, my... I always like this part of the season too because you can finally uh, see where kids can maybe be plugged in because you know, my favorite yeah. thing to do in track is to get a lineup ready for the next oh, for We're sure. going to be talking about a week in a minute here. Yep. And to be able to have it now where I have a general idea of what kids can be you know, scoring points in and what kids are going to excel at, that makes it more fun for me as they start to learn the team better. And with 74 people on the team, it's, it's taken a while. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, do, I agree. That's, that's the most fun time is now when you can do the most teaching because they have a little bit of experience under their belt they understand what they're in for and then they can see hey you know what i like that triple jump can i give that a try or right. something like that they have an opportunity to do a little bit towards what they want to do too which always makes it more fun when they're doing something they want to do and that's just and we say that it takes at least a year yeah. your first year is all trying different things and, and then you have somebody well it, but it's just it's to figure out what the athlete likes to figure out what where we think they can excel, it takes a it just takes a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. And here's an example: we have Audrey Ackerson, who's been on varsity since an eighth grader, elite. Now we missed the COVID year in there, but yep. an elite varsity runner for five years, essentially minus a COVID year. We're still trying new things. She's trying the 400 hurdles this year, and I have a pretty good feeling that's going to be her primary individual event. So it never the moving the pieces around for a lineup is never Gianna Lawrence was practicing the high jump yesterday right, <laughs> right. Done it yet. so it just it, it never ends there so that's that's going to be fun for us that's going to be a challenge for us as well because we have so many kids that we're going to have to try to figure out where they fit in yep. and the different thing about our sport versus other sports is if you have 15 kids on a basketball team and your team is really good or whatever well maybe it's because of the you have eight kids and five kids on the team don't play and then two kids are okay or whatever. We, this might be a tough sell, but I can't emphasize enough that everybody has a role on a track team. I mean, everybody, if we have 75 kids on the team, there are 75 roles that are important on that team. And if we had 85, it would be 85 because the more kids you have, the more things you can do and it helps everybody. Agreed. Agreed. So that's going to be, and a lot of the ninth graders we have, we're still trying to figure out where the piece goes. Absolutely. The piece is going to go somewhere. Some of people, we are still in the process of figuring that out. So that's going to be yeah. both fun and challenging. So that's the part of the season we're embarking on right now. We start league meets next week. Quick shout out before you yeah. do that, just because it came to my mind. I want to uh, thank Coach Paskey. Coach Paskey just did like a a thing on my bucket list, which is to clean out the uh, overhead shed or over, what I don't even want to call it, the overhead garage, I yeah. guess, where uh, where the all the shot and discs are now kept. They're out of my classroom, and they're going to be kept down there. It looks amazing. All of our pole vault poles are down there. Uh, we found stuff that uh, like Germano ordered back in like 2008 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that we found stuff that was still boxed up 
down there. And it's just, I just wanted to have a quick shout out to Coach Paskey for getting that done. It was amazing, and I'm really happy that we're getting a little bit more organized. So that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Coach Paskey bringing a lot of things to the table. Absolutely. Very exciting Absolutely. things. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're running out of time here. Talk about how our league meets work. This is very different. It's a different part of the season yep. that we're entering. So not to say that we weren't concentrating on points in our earlier dual meet against Norwich and what would have been Oneana, but was rained out. But this now is the part of the season where the, the meets count towards your division title. And so our division consists of CV, us, uh, CN, and Oigo. And so in the dual meet season, our first meet coming up here on Tuesday after break is against Oigo. And that is our first divisional meet, meaning that we are going after and trying to win this in terms of scoring 71 points before they do or, or higher. So we really have to concentrate on putting people in events. And this honestly involves a lot of scouting. Uh, we're going to be looking at the results from all the meets that they went to a week ago as, many, as much as we can from mile split. And I mean, we've done things in the past where we've scouted, we've actually went places and we look in the local paper, uh, we go penny saver, maybe like any way that we can find any information on these people as possible. And then what Coach Groover and I do is we try to uh, anticipate where our best people are going to go in these events against the Wego's people to try to come up with a way in order to beat them overall. And it's a ton of fun to come up with this, but also it's a lot of uh, pressure on us to come up with the most reasonable lineup that we can have to be successful. So these next meets against the Wego, CV, and Seton are going to be, I don't know how to say it, uh, just stressed. And um, we're going Well, they, to... they, they matter now. There you go. You know, there the, you know, the Oneana meet that got canceled, it didn't really matter. That was a glorified scrimmage yep. to try things out. Same thing with the Norwich duel. Now these meets matter. You want to talk about how you win a track meet? I don't know if we did that last time or not. Oh, I don't know. The, the, get 71 points before they do. Right. But, that's uh, why. Well, no, I, I meant literally like, yeah. Oh, sure. Like, uh, the, you get, there's 141 yeah. points in a track meet. Yeah. So you have to get 71 points wins the meet. Every first. Every first gets five points. Every second gets third points. And every third gets one point. Uh, if something is not contested, then <laughs> the, the points don't count. So, for example, there's only one pole vaulter. Pole vault, that happens a lot. Uh, you would get the five points if you completed it, and then no one would get it second or third place. So not every meet is going to have the same number of points, but usually they he, do. Here's a, here's a hard concept for people to okay. know without it being explained. Why are relays so important? Can you talk about why relays yeah, and dual I mean, are so important? Groove and I always say that if you win three relays, you're winning the meet. If you win all three relays, it's almost it's not impossible, not even close. But you're going to win. You have yeah, a very good I, chance I don't think I've seen too many track meets where you win three relays and don't win. And so the reason why it's so important is because unlike the other events where you actually can get second and third place finishes and points. In the relays, it's it's all or nothing. You get five points if you win. You get nothing if you get second. So the relays. Obviously, it could be a 15-point swing, or I guess that's not the right. Well, a 10-point swing, ten swing per, right, per, per relay. relay. Right, right. Per so, relay. yeah, so they're unbelievably important, and you need a lot of depth. I mean, when you're, when you're thinking about how many 400 runners you're going to need in a meet and how many 800 runners you're going to need in a meet and how many 100 runners, you need a lot of depth to be able to be competitive in the relays and competitive in the opens of those events. So relays are hugely important. And, and this goes back to what we were just talking about, where people think that winning – and we did say this to the kids the other day – People think that winning and losing a meet comes down to the best four or five people on the team. That is that is Nine such close. a yep. misconception. It's not even funny. And the your one through seventy five, every person factors into that for what you just said. Depth is depth is huge in a yep. dual meet. There's Absolutely been so huge. many times where I have literally gone up to the person a couple days beforehand. The four hundred hurdles seems to be the event where it happens, and I'm like, hey, we need a third place in the four hundred hurdles. Can we go work on the hurdles really quick right now for the next three, four days before you yeah. have this dual meet? And we put them in there and they get a third and we win by one or we win by three or whatever it happens to be. Those little 
you know, those things are the things that matter most. Not to, not to discount anybody that's amazing, but you expect those points. There's you know going to be, there's really, there's going to be really exciting things. We might have a situation on Tuesday where uh, Piper Reed runs a fifteen hundred against Jalen Chrysler in the in the fifteen hundred, obviously. <laughs> right. uh, and that's a really two of the probably top three or four fifteen hundred runners in the section squaring off, and that's great. That's going to be a awesome, great battle, amazing fun. But when you're talking about winning and losing a meet, there's a much higher chance that a seventy one seventy meet comes down to a point that you weren't expecting. You know, we expect that Piper's probably going to go out and get first or second in that event if that's the lineup that we go with. But everything, I don't know what you'd call a close track meet, like one possession basketball game, a one event meet. I don't know. We don't call it, we just call them close meets. Close meets. A close meet that we win or lose almost always comes down to somebody, whether it's us or the team, getting points that we just never would have thought happened. Mm -hmm. Where it was like, hey, so-and-so went out and got a third place in the 3K that ran a 45 second PR and we wouldn't even thought they had a shot yep. to score. Same thing in the, especially in like the 200. I Absolutely. mean, sometimes we throw, it's later in the meet. So sometimes people, it's a little bit, as a meet goes on, it's harder to predict because people are less fresh. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, I'd yeah. say sometimes the 100 hurdles and the 110 hurdles and the 100 right in the beginning of the meet are a little bit easier yep, to predict than like those. the 200 at the end of the Four meet. Uh, right. And just that has happened so many times all where time. you're just like, oh my god, Seems like it happens all the time. You know, and that's the so, reason why the relays are so important as well, is because people, some person's just going to step up and like somebody's going to run like a fifty-seven, and you thought they were going to run a ten-point swing. Yep, you, huge. Think about what we just said. You need seventy points to win to meet, and a relay is a ten-point amazing swing. Wow. A seventy-four to sixty-six loss becomes a seventy-one to seventy win if you flip one relay. That's fast math. You know. That's well, I was thinking that my senior year we lost, or my junior year we lost to Oneana seventy-four. 66 I wasn't coaching or 67 yet. That's why I wasn't there no, no, that. that was tough that was tough but that was fast math and that's we, uh, Matt Whitman got passed in the 4x4 long jump triple yeah, jumper I, listen, I, I'm just I, saying I throw that out there but we were in a dual meet that was the last dual meet of the year we were undefeated they were undefeated Came down to the four by four, and Matt Lubin got passed straight at the line, and their their literally their school stormed the track. It was uh, being on the losing side sucked, yes. but it was pretty cool to see actually. Like their whole school was there, stormed the track, just like storming the basketball court as Whitman laid there in the middle of lane three or I'm something. I'm just gonna bring this up. I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Tully at the end of the rotary relays did a, a lap around, like a victory like, a, like a victory lap around at the rotary oh. relays, and I was really confused why. But I thought that was awesome. We have to bring that back. A victory lap around. I, th- I thought well, that they was didn't cool. win. I know, yeah. but I was. I would just think we that's used to that when I was in school. Yeah. Like if we want to meet, we would do a victory lap. That's a good I don't idea. recall doing it. If we lost. Let's win a meet. So <laughs> that's what we have coming up. Our next podcast, we will try to do. Between the Owego, uh, oh, Oneana, between the Owego duel on Tuesday and the Quinny on Saturday, we're looking gonna have a lot to of really, to yeah, we're gonna have a lot of really exciting things going on at that meet. So yep. we'll definitely try to squeeze a um, squeeze a podcast in there. And so one more thing, anything else the, we need? To, yeah, one last thing, quickly, just a reminder to everybody: this is new. So if you've been a veteran, which is not that many people on the team, but the all the rest of our dual meets are home, uh, which is nice. We don't have to worry about the busing. But also the modified meet is modified team is also going to be competing that day. So modified is competing at the same time as varsity is. It's just going to be part of the heats that we do. So that's something to keep in mind for everybody. Is that you know don't be nervous if you see the modified team out there. It makes it awesome for people that have kids on both teams. But it's definitely going to be a little bit of a change for us. Yeah, it's going to be uncharted 
Char- on charter territory. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, we're going to sign off with I, – I have a question. We're going to sign off with a question. So <laughs> All right, sign off with a question. Most, uh, most embarrassing track story that you have, we'll say preferably as a coach in your last 20 years. Oh, man. Uh, the, the first thing that came to mind uh, was when – because you're sitting right here – is when you hurt your ankle at uh, – How was that embarrassing for it you? It was because I was petrified that I was going to get in trouble. That's unfair. I wasn't even going to say that. So I got to go with two embarrassing stories now? I'm just – that, 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 that just came in my head. Though. Yeah, but like to, to set it up. I, did I allow you to do it, or did you convince me to do it? I, I was like, it's twenty I was like, your I was like, of the story. I was like twenty years old, or whatever I was, yeah. twenty five years old, and you. Not to, to be fair, you were good at long jump. You never did it really before, but you hurt your ankle. Where was it? Was that main animal? Well, in my head. it's funny. It's, it was the rotary meet. Okay, so okay, it's a yeah. Friday night. The rotary, the girls are gone. And, and Mr. Bond, my coach, was gone with the girls team. But <laughs> right, we still so had practice. Behind. So they left motel back because he's – I was first-year coach. Yeah. And Mr. Bond never let me go over to the pits ever. Never <laughs> let me. He always said – he was always like, don't waste your time playing in the sand. said to me a hundred times. <laughs> Meanwhile, so the first time you've ever long jump in your life, jump like 19 feet. But so go ahead, go ahead. anyway, I'm over there, and I can't believe we're, ta- I mean, I can't believe we're telling this story. So I'm sorry. That's we go over there, and I'm triple jumping, and I sprained my ankle triple jumping, and it ballooned up to the size about I a basketball. I was petrified. So anyway, anyway, we go well, – You would. I don't think you were there. I think you left, actually. I think you were there. Like, this was in between. Yes. You were there, but then you drove over, but we were hanging out. Yep. Anyway, I got there, and I was like, hey, <laughs> can you take a look at my ankle, ankle, and your eyes got about the size of <laughs> – because I was Watermelons. petrified they were going to yeah. fire me. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. That was. Yeah. I, I guess that was. I don't know. That that was. What, what was the question? That the was question the, was your embarrassing story. I don't even know how. It, oh, something I did. Yes. Oh, I thought it was like in something that the something that the kids went through that was embarrassing. <laughs> I don't even know how that fit in anyway. But no, something it, that I did this. I've had so many. I don't know. I know that's why I thought it was a good question. Oh but, man. Um, and then you chose one of me. Well, I could tell another one with you when we were out to eat at the no, stack. Just, the stack. No, <laughs> the stack seating you, me. Well, you tell yours because I'm trying to hard. Well, mine was going to be mine. I didn't really want to tell one at all, but now I'm telling two. Mine was going to be when the guys won their first sectional championship, and I tore a tendon celebrating. <laughs> um, so, man, I can't. I I, I literally that was, had I will so tell many. that story real quick. So yeah. I, tore, I I didn't realize it obviously. So I'm like jumping up and down because we weren't supposed to win. We were a huge underdog. We won, and then I had ended up driving to the meet, and I drove home, and I stepped out of my car at my house and then I had no the adrenaline had gone down and I I fell down in the driveway and I was living in a second story apartment and I was like climbing up the stairs in my roommate was like what are you doing and I was like ah, I hurt my foot so that's what I had in mind I'm sorry story. I can't, yeah, I can't even think I gotta think of one next time we do the podcast alright you gotta tell too alright yeah that's fair alright we don't have like a like some kind of noise to sound no you've ruined the this right, be the story so alright next time yep